0: Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. All right, we're having another battle today. The
1: public sector versus the private sector. Startups. So we're putting the gloves on. We're having an epic showdown today. We're going to settle our differences and find out what's the better career option. So let's see who comes out victorious. My name is Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to share insights from top-performing entrepreneurs and industry experts and provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. Today, our guest is Brenda Diedrichs, the Chief Human Resources Officer for the County of Orange. Brenda earned her law degree from Loyola Law School and practiced labor and and, and employment law she opened up her own firm in 2007, which she operated until returning to the public service in 2014. Brenda now resides as the Chief Human Resources Officer for the County of Orange. Brenda, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today.
2: Rick, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us.
1: Oh, absolutely. All right, so we're going to have some fun today. We uh, we attempted this battle kind of show a couple weeks ago, and it uh, as our producer Paul told me, it was pretty miserable, and we were dancing around. So let's have um, let's take off the gloves and see if we can we can uh, figure out what the best option is for for people. Great, we're up for the challenge. All right, cool. So this fight's going to be three rounds in the undisputed championship of the radio station today. Round one, Brendan's going to basically bash up the logic behind joining a startup. Round two, I'm going to clobber of the public sector, and then round three, we're going to Go to blow to blow with counter punches and see uh, see who comes out victorious. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna let you start first. You throw your jabs first, Brenda. Why do you think it might be silly to work for a startup?
2: Well, let's get to the bottom of what a startup really is. It's a business that hasn't really grown footing foundation. It's it's in its imagination phase, and. In government, we have stability. We have a way that people can explore all kinds of scientific and exploratory kinds of careers and still have their job. Um, A lack of structure. They're trying to figure things out. So you may not necessarily know where you're supposed to be going with your job duties. Where in government, we have missions that we accomplish. We build things. We make things work. We develop programs, and we have outcomes with dates certain.
1: But there's, there's some sort of mission to a startup.
2: There Some is resemblance of one? I would agree that there could be a mission, but it's more um, monetarily focused. It's more fluid. We have um, a lot of service focused missions that are betterment for society and we'll get into the de- details of that in a little bit.
0: Okay.
2: Um, they're only as stable as the customers are willing to keep patronizing that particular startup or that business in government we provide the foundation for what I would call peaceful existence um, for all of us regardless of where we live in the United States and it's our governmental structure and our governmental services that make that happen for all of us we're in a startup it's more driven by the almighty buck and that can only fulfill you so long and then you've got to go find something that really feeds the soul
1: but some of some of the startups though do have missions attached to them. They're trying to do something for the good of society.
2: Some do. I will give you that. And, And a couple popped into my head as we were talking. However, those are fewer and far between. True. Government is... A national thing that, you know, wherever you live, there will be a county, a township, a city, a water district, a utility district, some place for you to serve the greater good of the community that you live in and go home every day feeling proud that you've made the world a better place for everyone that you share the city or town with.
1: Okay. What's next?
2: Well, the hiring process. It's a little haphazard. Um, <laughs> we have um, a oh. lot more structure to our process. That's it's not it's not who you know. It's what you know when you come to government. So where they may structure an interview where they invite someone in, they take a look at the resume, they ask a few random questions, get a vibe about a person, and then they may pick them up they may find out that that was a huge mistake once they get down the road a ways because they don't have the ability to really carry out the mission of that startup they're kind of random
1: for lack of funding or or money
2: no it would be for lack of skills where okay. you might marry the wrong person in that interview process because you you weren't well planned in how to select people for your organization
1: okay I got nothing on that one.
2: And and, and <laughs> let's face it, our new employees, if nothing else, are our future. And so you need to be hiring them not just for today's skill set, for the immediate job, but are they going to grow with your organization? Do they have the capacity to learn new things and be that leader in the future? Okay. So, and, and a lot of us in government came up through it. So there's a high level of understanding of what our mission is with our employees in the leadership world because they know... From the ground up what they're supposed to be doing
1: so uh, just to counterbalance that i think as far as growth goes in a startup i believe that you do have the ability to grow but it's all about what you execute because you're wearing so many different hats correct so you're not really stuck in a lane
2: you know, that's true. Um, the One thing that that can do is really allow for an individual, and this is a credit to the startups, yeah. um, to allow for them to kind of define their own, what goes on in their own lane. Um, if they can they're even, able to do that. Right. And that yeah. that depends on the, the type of person you hired. Sure. Um, you know They could say, look, I could do this for the company, and this would grow it and actually become a bigger contributing member. But let's not forget, you can do that in government as well. Um, we always have to can do... You? Yes, really? absolutely.
1: Okay.
2: Um, no, we've I'm done... I'm learning
1: something new here because my impression is totally different.
2: Um, I, I think that... Your impression may be held by many, and we're here sure. to dispel that myth. Okay. Exactly what we're here for. And, you know, in government, we stood up a, a homeless shelter in 30 days. Um, that would be a difficult thing to do on any day, but we were told 30 days from today in a board meeting, we will have a shelter that will house um, however many in a bed, let's say 400. In that regard, we had to put in place a contractor to um, run the shelter. We had to put together an infrastructure for restrooms and meal delivery and the, and the beds and, and then also um, security to make sure that people that came to the center felt secure. That is a hard thing to do. So but you did that's this in 30 days? 30 days, start right, to finish. So that,
1: that, that's going to totally negate my first punch that I was going to throw at the public sector, <laughs> which was slow-moving. So you, you dispelled that one, right?
2: And like any organization, private or public, there is a certain level of bureaucracy. I'll give you that. Yeah. However, um, we're driven to do, every day we're driven and pushed to do more with less. And, and the reason I say that is we have a finite pool of income. We are um, given the, the trust of the public by them giving us so much money per year to do all the business of the county. When you look at the the total bottom line number, you may say, geez, that's a lot of money that people are putting into government. What do we get for it? Well, I have a laundry list, and it's pretty cool. Um, All right, let's get to that laundry list on the back end of the show. You you got it. All right,
1: so I'm going to counter on this, and I want to talk about my impressions of the government sector, because I've actually come up against public... um, opportunities when i've been in recruiting and and had candidates that had offers with you know various organizations right and i'll let you counter each one too so um slow moving which you kind of dispelled a little bit getting something up in 30 days is pretty impressive but as a whole though isn't an organization isn't the organization slower moving than a startup would be
2: um, I would agree that a startup, because it's smaller and it's a little more intimate, can move more around, agile. they can move around more like a, a little race boat instead yeah. of a big ocean liner. And a governmental agency is a bit of an ocean liner. However, within the context of that, we operate in what I would consider pods. And within the pods, you're able to do things a little bit more aggressively and shave off time, which I know for a fact that HRS is doing. Um, for our recruitment processes. We have shaved the time down from 16 weeks to eight. You know, for a... From start to finish. Yes.
1: Okay. All right, so my next point would be, the public sector is not really entrepreneurial. Like, it doesn't attract the strongest people.
2: I would disagree with that, and here's why. Um, We have people leading public works that are responsible for regional bridges, waterways, um, roadways. Um, constructing all the, the buildings that the business of the county is conducted in. And that is equal to any kind of Trump um, business or any other kind of large real estate you know, entrepreneurial business. Okay. Um, we need to get it done within a certain amount of time and there's uh, a present time, a, a real-time um, example of that. Um, we tore down one of our buildings um, just about a year and a half ago and we're standing up a new one and we work with our contracts to make sure that there's incentives in the contract to, to get them done um, either on time or ahead of time. So we are just as, as excited about and um, pushing for quick turnaround on our projects as would any private sector company.
1: But so time then, then how, would, how would that be entrepreneurial, though? I mean, you're, you're kind of under project constraints and you have to kind of get something done, but you don't really have the flexibility, though, to. Pivot if need be
2: well we run a lot of awards for our entrepreneurial um, style and and we invent a lot of programs we we change the efficiency of the programs we change target audiences of programs we improve services and so there's a lot of opportunity for people who have ideas about things which is the basic essence of of entrepreneurialism is to You know, ideas. And we allow for an environment where they can actualize those, put them into place. And we ended up winning um, quite a few awards in the last year and a half to two. um, And we get recognized for those nationally.
1: Okay. Um, Clamored with politics and red tape.
2: Well, in the private sector, you have a board of directors, and the board of directors are going to have an interest on things and, and a focus, and, and your body of the organization is going to have to respond accordingly. But
1: it's also more about execution. It's a, it you it may it be.
2: Um, but our board of directors, likewise, is part of the reason. They were the, 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 um, the impetus for that 30-day startup on the, the shelter. Um, they wanted to see it happen, and by their politics and their cooperation and their support, they allowed for us as staff to be able to accomplish all of that.
1: But let's be honest, there there is a lot more, because you are, just by nature of being a larger organization, you're going to have a lot more red tape than you would a smaller organization. So there, a startup there, would kind of win there.
2: In that regard, yes. You could make okay. a decision on the fly in in a conference room at a startup or even in the hallway. Yeah. Where in government, we do have certain requirements, and there are safeguards to protect the public money. So none of us go off on a on a crazy lark or idea, and there's no accountability for the outcome of that idea.
1: Okay. I have two more, and then we're going to go to a quick break. <clears throat> Mediocre pay.
2: Um, what I found in, in our... Our department does the salary surveys, um, and I keep track of salaries both um, for public and private. And the the County of Orange and most governmental agencies in the region pay very well compared to private as well. Now we're not going to beat the owners of the company in the or the the employees that are invested with um, stock options in a very very successful company. We can't beat yeah. that, but we're not trying to.
1: Yeah, we're in even, a different space. Yeah, and, and even with the startup though, um, that's something that. I think, is the lure from those startups is that, hey, you have the ability to, to get stock options. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, a lot of people are drawn to that. I think yes. the more entrepreneurial spirits tend to be drawn to that. All right. And then my last point that I want to get to before we go to a break is government's just not sexy. I mean, unless, for example, you're a police officer or a firefighter and you're on a calendar, but... For the most part, it's just not a as calendar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are none of ours on that, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you never know, but I mean, uh, there. It's it's just it's for some reason it's just not as sexy as being in a startup.
2: You know, I think in many ways it's more so. All those TV shows mm-hmm. that we enjoy, the DA shows, the public defender shows, are governmental activities. Those are jobs in the government. Sure. Those jobs about crime scene investigation, those are all government jobs. Those sci- those jobs about you know preventing um, the plagues and, and different illnesses that can just ruin our society, take us all down in a, one big fell swoop, one after the other. Those movies and those um, TV shows are derived from what we do at the county. Um, we protect public safety. We make sure our beach water is safe to step into and we don't go home and die that night because some parasite is that took sax- us over.
1: But is that sexy?
2: It takes, hey, they make movies out of it. They do TV shows out of it. Sexy enough for me. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll agree to disagree on that one. Okay. All right. So we're talking to Brenda Diedrichs, the Chief Human Resources Officer for the County of Orange. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to put this fight to rest. Be right back.
0: You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Girard giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now, back to Higher Power with Rick Gerard.
2: <laughs>
1: There's a little bit of a gap there. Welcome back to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and our guest today is Brenda Diedrichs, the Chief Human Resources Officer of County of Orange. So, so far, I've been taking some pretty good punches, although. I have to say I, I won a couple. Anyway, um, so now we're gonna throw out counter punches. We're gonna talk about kind of the closing argument evidence. So will there be a knockout punch? I don't know. So let's let's go ahead to head. Pace. Let's talk about pace because I feel like um, I think startups have you beat because they happen much quicker. Things happen much quicker, decisions are made and are able to pivot at a much faster pace.
2: Um, I would agree with that. I wouldn't even try to um, punch back on that, except Damn, to I come, except to come back at row. it like this. Except, <laughs> and the difference is, is that we have services that we need to provide, and they have to be reliably given. Mm-hmm. So, if we were busy racing around, there might be some distraction from actually getting those services delivered to our, our clients, our customers, and our customers are, in some level. Um, We're the only service in town for that. So they need to have a certain level of reliability and predictability about it. Where do I get it? What will it be? And what are the rules about it? So that needs to happen for it to be well accomplished.
1: Man, you really put your litigation shoes on today. i got to say, like, good job. You're, (laughs) You're punching me pretty good. All right, so Innovation.
2: Innovation. I'm going to let you
1: start with this, and I'm going to count on that.
2: Well, we have done things that um, we've won awards for, and these are things that you're not going to see in a startup because these are things that we provide that only government will really provide for the most part. Churches might as well, more philanthropic environments. Um, restaurant meals program, we won awards for that. The whole person care pilot program, so we're caring for
1: so our community. Pick one, though. Like, What's one that's super innovative that you know made a really big impact?
2: I would say in in some of these, um, we did a leadership um, development institute for the county, and I'll stick with the HR space because the others do. So we put together a program that is comparable to anything that they would find in the private sector to develop people into um, high-level managers and thinking in a more leadership way. Um, We're not here to do the churn. We're here to solve problems and figure out faster, better, cleaner, lighter, whatever ways to get things done.
1: Okay, so I mean, you're improving upon things that are already there, but not really developing new things that can be applied to it. I mean, that comes from the private sector usually and feeds over. In the well,
2: department. I would beg to differ. I did get to see a couple of demos <laughs> in in our in, in IT department, and right. they're using Alexa. So let's say you wanted to find out how long a line was before you left your house, you could ask Alexa. But where did
1: Alexa come from?
2: Google. (laughs) However, we've learned to apply it to governmental services, and it can tell you how long the line is in, say, you're a veteran, you want to go down for some veteran's benefits. It will tell you the best times a day to go based on our data, and so we're using data. You know, we're not necessarily creating that platform, but we are innovating with the platform to make it a better customer experience because everything we do is aimed at customer experience.
1: Okay, so... This is kind of a toss-up. I mean, public sector usually... I mean, the private sector will develop and innovate most things. What ends up happening is usually it's startups, and then the startups get acquired by larger companies, and that Mm -hmm. gets fed out, right? So that's typically the way it works. So you guys are innovating it even further, taking it Mm -hmm. to the, the end level. So that's great. All right, career growth.
2: There I think we have... You know, And it depends, again, on the person's career path. It's an individual choice. Sure. But you can come to the county as... Right out of college, you can get a job as an office specialist. By the time you leave, you could be the CFO, the CEO, or you could go into, you know, family counseling. You could do quite a number of different things. And we have more career paths than I could even possibly cover in this segment.
1: All right. So we talked about that. Can you actually possibly move up from being an admin to the CEO of County of Orange?
2: We have a current CEO who did just that. Really? He, he was an um, accountant. He started out at a private accounting house, and he moved into the county, and um, he became the CFO over time, and he is now our CEO.
1: Okay. But you're talking about a long-time investment in order for somebody to get there. He's not that old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, I, I think you guys do a great job of that. You know, by the nature of a startup, the thing is that the career growth is available, but the life cycle of the company usually is not. And so longevity-wise, unless it turns into a Google,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what ends up happening is most startups get acquired or go under, right? They so do. I find that you can you can grow your career, and what I find works best is usually when somebody leaves one company to go to another one, that's usually the way that they develop their career. So in the private sector, I think uh, you have a speed in the public sector. All right, compensation and benefits.
2: Compensation, in a long time back, um, there was this belief that we paid a little bit less, but we had better benefits.
1: Well, there's the belief that you guys are under like pretty strict budgetary constraints, right?
2: That's true. But on the other hand, in order to attract uh, people to be able to carry out our service delivery, we mm-hmm. need to be um, in the market. Yeah. And so we do market surveys to make sure that we are somewhere comparable in the market so people can come and expect about the same pay that they would get for any other public job. Okay. We don't usually compare directly with the private market, different kind of jobs.
1: So the big draw, though, is primarily on the benefit side then for most people.
2: I would say that our retirement is really lucrative because what you have is two retirement systems, basically. You have the one that you would find in private sector where you can put your money away and maybe your employer pays some, too. And you stock that up over the lifetime of your career and you have that. We get to do that as well. Okay. But on top of that, you have what we call a public retirement system, and we pay into that, as does the employer And that is also there when you hit your retirement years. So we basically have two different ways that we're funding our retirement, where in private sector it's typically one.
1: Okay, so I'm going to call this one a draw, and here's why. I think that long term growth, like long term benefits and compensation, you have private sector beat hands down. But short term, which is what most millennials are concerned about, is what's going to happen next in Mm -hmm. the next three years, they don't tend to look at that far off. Right? It's kind Um, of more of a short term. It's kind of a more of a short term play.
2: I think you're right about maybe the the physical retirement thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think where we might grab their attention is if they have um, ambitions to pursue further education, we have three thousand a year to help out, and we also have engaged in partnerships with the nonprofit and public colleges in the region
1: to supplement <laughs> their employment. She's throwing back punches. I love yeah, it. Yeah,
2: and and they love that because um, they can get their education mostly paid for and go on and get that master's or that PhD. I have a phd candidate in my office taking advantage of that very program
1: okay so let's say startups are just sexier
2: they may be cute (laughs) but cute doesn't last rick we know that yeah (laughs) we grow up yeah (laughs) i mean
1: come on they're just sexier
2: the notion of them. All
1: right, I won that one. But way. they don't make, they <laughs>
2: may make TV shows out of them, but I don't remember why. There was a movie about Google once. I think there's, one, ones, I yeah, think there's one TV Steve jobs.
1: Yeah, there's one TV show that I think that's on HBO right now. That's what, Silicon Valley, which which kind of is about startups, or at least tech ones.
2: whole lot of government shows, though, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: you got me beat on that one. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that's and they're sexy. Like, if you're like an FBI agent, that's cool, right?
2: It is. You get to find out really crazy things about other people, and I'm, then
1: I'm losing this. Fight. And then
2: stop them from hurting the rest of us. It's amazing.
1: All right, I'm losing this fight. All okay. right, Enga- <laughs> engagement. <laughs> and when I talk about engagement, uh, and I don't think I brought this up before, I, I think that startups do a much better job of people and eng- be buying into the concept of who they are and what their mission is than the government does.
2: I can't speak for the personal attachment that the folks going into startups feel, but I can tell you about the attachment that I know the government workers feel. We know that we stand between people and death. We know that we stand between people and hunger. Um, We know that we stand between their safety and just chaos. And if it weren't for the governmental structure, our lives would be remarkably different. And it allows us to enjoy beaches, parks, and safety, and not be just overrun by crazy people. Okay. Um, because we have people there to protect us from others that might bring harm. But more importantly, um, we make sure that our food, our ocean waters, um, our environment, you know diseases, we protect everybody without them even knowing it. People go to sleep every night not even knowing what to appreciate government for.
1: And then you brought up earlier the interview process, because that was a big thing for you. And this being a show on hiring. Correct. I, I'm going to say that here, here's what startups really do do a great job of doing, is attracting people. Mm-hmm. Now, before you throw like a big punch on this one, because I know you have process. and I don't So most startups do not. And this is where most startups fail. Now, I'm going to say most startups that I work with have process. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... I'm going to let you let you you know kind of throw that punch right now.
2: One of the things that government does really well is make sure that we hire people not for who they know but for what they know. Sure. And so we have processes that make it equal for everybody. So we we vet them through um, very specific interview processes. We give them the questions as they come in because... Oh, so
1: you prep people.
2: We allow them to see questions and get themselves organized so they come in and have a successful interview. Okay. Again, it's not to trick them or make them uncomfortable or, or foible during the interview. It's to make them successful.
1: Yeah. And okay. to, to
2: share what they know. Um, if they make it through that qualified interview process, then they can mm-hmm. go to a higher interview or a selection interview. And in that process, it, it's honed a little bit more towards, you know, how do they fit for the kinds of jobs that we have open? And in what would be their plan? What, what do they think they bring to the table um, that would fill in that niche that we have open at the time? and we kind of walk them through that process so that way we can really evaluate. Do they have the skills? Do they have the experience to lead and supervise? Do they really know what GIS is and how to operate that kind of system for the county? You know, we we want to have an opportunity for them to showcase it, but also kind of weed out imposters.
1: So this is where startups are getting their butts kicked by government because not having a process and having a haphazard interview process or like interview. I don't even know if you call it a process, just a methodology or whatever you go by. You guys are getting your butts kicked by the County of Orange. So step it up, startups. All right. So that was the knockout punch. I think you, I think you, you, because we we're even right about there. And I think you <laughs> took it across. <laughs> Our engineer Paul saying, no, I lost clearly. <laughs> 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 All right, so we're just at about yeah, we're just about out of time for today's show. Brenda, thanks for your time investment today. Um, I'm sure that some people here would love to hear about uh, the opportunities you have. What's the best way for them to find them?
2: We have a number of, of ways to reach us. We have com slash jobs is probably the most readily e- or the easiest one to get to. Okay. But we also have a Twitter account, an Instagram account, and a LinkedIn account. So they can find us on any of those forums
1: and every other yeah. social media platform right. right yes so you guys are doing a great job i think of of getting your your name out there so i want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of higher power a quick thanks to our team our engineer paul roberts our producers andrea Ballin, shanti ryle and kim iverson if you like this show please subscribe rate and review this show your import is welcome and needed to improve the content of our show Join our community at Hire, that's H-I-R-E, PowerRadio.com, or subscribe to Higher Power Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, YouTube, and whatever other podcast uh, player that you can find. Follow us on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook at Higher Power Radio, or you can reach me on Twitter at Rick underscore Gerard. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Anita Conti, the executive talent manager for Huawei Technologies. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show.
0: Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.